I'm literally covered in shit. <laughs> so I jumped out of the tree, <laughs> stripped my clothes off and chucked them in the fire. So I'm running through the bush naked with shit all over me. <laughs> Welcome to Not For Radio. <laughs> Your old mate's Jane Dunk back with you. You know what I'd love to have is just somebody who is an exceptionally talented artist that can do these tracks and just have them DJ. Oh, man, that dance floor would light up. Just a bit of, just a bit of background music to walk around to. Uh, Friday afternoon here in New Zealand, we're just gearing up for the show. I thought we'd climb into the Not For Radio podcast before our actual radio show. Um, and we've got some good stuff and a word of warning for today's podcast. Whoa, she's a roller coaster. Yeah, man. This is going to take you um, all over the place. Like There's there's some learning to be done. There's um, a super crook yarn uh, from a bloke that's waiting uh, on the line from Tasmania. Tasmania. There's another bloke from the UK that had the weirdest Facebook interaction on messengers. Just an out of the blue popped up into his messages and what he was accused of doing and who he owed what, something. Like, they got the wrong person, obviously. But that one's quite rough, but that's going in. <laughs> um, also, you've been chatting about your new favourite podcast, Jay? Well, this I found really interesting. It's a, uh, a doctor who covers a lot of things in this one particular pod. But this one here I found interesting for those people that A, are in a relationship already or B, trying to find themselves in a relationship and how um, adrenaline and dopamine have such a close relationship and the part that they play within relationships. Yeah, okay. Like the reason why you're in love with your wife yeah. uh, and, and the reason why you care so much about your kids is equally rooted in the dopamine and adrenaline part of your brain. Like just, mate, I'm learning some shit about the brain. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. This is what I mean. This podcast today is going to be a real roller coaster because mm. there is some wholesome ass shit somewhere in the middle of this uh, yeah. episode as well that is going to fill your cup right back up. But let's get into it uh, with old mate from Tasmania. That was Jay and Dunk. I'm a fucking good cunt. And this is not for fucking radio. Maddie from Tasmania, welcome to Not For Radio. Thanks, guys. So, Jay's got no idea what's coming mm. with this yarn, but this is uh, from your younger years, and you were knocking about with some pretty um, some pretty crook individuals, you'd have to say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the crookest yeah, of them all... a bit rough. At one point, you thought yeah. you were the crookest of them all, yeah. Yeah, well, that really backfired on me in a big way. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> let, let, let's run through the whole yarn that you sent through. All right. No worries. Well, um, I used to go out and stay at a mate's place out on a Friday night. You know, I was about 10, 11, 12, 12 year old or something. And across the road from his place, we had this bush where we used to just hang around, smoke durries and chase each other around and shit. And um, anyway, this one day we were over there and I couldn't find the other boys. And I thought, fuck, where are they? Anyway, I went back to the... We had this little hangout at this tree where we'd sit down. It was a bit of a cleared area and sort of hang out there. So I'd gone back there and thought, where are these bastards? Anyway, so I thought, I'll climb a tree and just sit in the tree and just wait for them. My old mate come through. I seen him coming, so I kept quiet. And he sat his back against the tree under, you know, under where I was sitting. I thought, oh, I've got a good idea. <laughs> How about I 
take a dump on him, you know, just for <laughs> shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> you horrible bastard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I thought I was, I thought I was the shit doing it, but you see. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting there and I thought, yeah, should I do it? Nah. Yeah, those assholes will do it to me. Why not? <laughs> so sitting on the branch and I managed to get me pants down about halfway and I, I had him lined up, just started to push and the next thing, you know, this big splat hit me and I thought, fucking hang on, I, I had shit all over me <laughs> and I just realised I'm up in a tree and I've got shit over me. How the hell did this happen? And I looked up and one of my other mates who I was trying to find had got there before me and climbed the tree and thought, I'll hide here. He's seen what I was doing. He thought, oh, I'll get in. <laughs> so I'm Literally covered in shit. So I jumped out of the tree, <laughs> stripped my clothes off and chucked them in the fire. <laughs> so I'm running through the bush naked with shit all over me. So, <laughs> so I've gone through the bush, crossed the road, and I thought, I've got to get in the house without his mum seeing me. The bedroom was window was open, so I've run across the road and she must have seen me and thought, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> but anyway, as I'm climbing through the window, you know, little 11-year-old Willie swinging in the breeze <laughs> and his mum comes through the door and she's, what the fuck are you, boy? So look, I don't want to know. Go and get in the shower and clean yourself off. It was like so embarrassing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so my plan backfired big time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like it how at least yeah. at least your mates were as sick as you, like – all when, cut from the exact yeah, same cloth. When you were saying, oh, mate, they, yeah, now they'd do it to me, I was like thinking to myself, oh, they fucking wouldn't be thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> and how wrong was I? You know, they were literally sicker than me, mate. I would have shot out a couple of nuggets, but I just got copped in a big slop, do, sloppy diarrhea <laughs> shit. <laughs> I had my face on lips and my oh, eyes. Everywhere. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I, I almost, um, I mean, even though it's super crook, I'm almost jealous of old mate who did the poo because that is one of his mm. greatest life achievements. Now, I'm a real <laughs> logistics guy too. It went so well for him. Yeah, I was thinking, because when, when you were saying it, I was like, how would I approach this? And what I came to the conclusion in my head whilst listening to your story was hopefully you'd be able to straddle two branches and then you'd be able to koala the tree <laughs> and then you'd be able to pinch one out while koalaing it. And I was like, how ironic. We're talking to an Australian guy that koala shed on his mate. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty unpleasant experience, but you look back on the younger days at some of the dumb shit you did and you think, oh, that was funny. <laughs> and, and, and and the best thing about it is you're not even crook now because technically you didn't do it. It's your mates that did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sicker. <laughs> Yeah, well, as soon as that shit hit me, my, my need for it to go sort of vanished straight away. <laughs> it cut off work. <laughs> oh, jeez, Matty, mate. We appreciate you for listening to the podcast and um, coming on for a yarn. My mate, cheeks are sore. We've only just started. That is, yeah, that is, oh, no, really, no, uh, really getting above that bar on a Friday afternoon, I think, for the fellas. <laughs> Your great grandmother's favourite podcast. <clears throat> yes. Jay, you've said to uh, to me, um, this is an off-year yarn, but you're in a phase of your life where you are just loading up mm. on learning as much as you can. One of the easiest ways you can do it is by listening to podcasts. Yep. You'll learn a little bit from ours, but hopefully we just give you a bit of a laugh and maybe play some new tunes. And from time to time, you'll pick little gems up. And you've found a little gem for us. Uh, this is Dr. Andrew Huberman from the Science of Peak Performance. Yeah, Huberman. Huberman. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a very interesting guy. 
and I've caught, I've kind of caught him on a few different podcasts, and I mm. find him to be a really intriguing chat because he's just he's just like a proper scientist. Experiment result, yes. and, then, and then and then he drills on into it. But yeah, like you said, I'm in the explore and then exploit phase of my life, so I'm exploring, soaking up all of this information, and then kind of collating it into something, and then trying to do something with it. But this is uh, I found this to be very interesting for those people that are either in a relationship and wondering why it might be waning a little bit, or people that are wanting to get into a relationship. Rarely, if ever, do human beings bond through nothing. They bond through shared experience. And you think of what makes people feel close. Well, there are a couple of things. And this has everything to do with time perception. Typically, when there's a high degree of limbic resonance, it means that the molecule dopamine was increased substantially over baseline at some point. Dopamine is almost always discussed in terms of pleasure, but it's the molecule of motivation, drive, and to some extent, reward. It tends to narrow our visual focus. And believe it or not, dopamine is the molecule from which adrenaline is manufactured. Biochemically, you get adrenaline from dopamine. So these two act as close cousins to put us into these states of motivation and have energy to pursue things. When dopamine is very present in our system, or if you're in the company of someone else and there's a lot of dopamine, two things happen. First of all, you're very motivated, narrowing a focus, that's one. The other is that the way that you perceive time is quite a bit different. For instance, if you ever had an amazingly exciting day just tons of things. Maybe you meet someone new, you're having the best time. I mean, just think falling in love and the, the most incredible date that you can imagine how it begins and how it ends. It just feels incredible. It all feels like it went by very, very fast. And yet when you look back on that day, it seems like so much happened. Now think about an opposite situation. You go to the doctor's office and you're sitting in the doctor's lobby and you're waiting and you're waiting and there's no phone reception so you can't scroll Instagram. You're waiting and you're waiting it's incredibly boring. It's a very low dopamine state. It feels like it goes on forever. And yet when you look back, nothing really happened. So dopamine changes our perception of time. And in terms of developing human bonds, this has been well established that if two people, for instance, go three different places in a given day, they tend to feel like they know each other far better than if they stayed in one place, even for a longer period of time. To distill it all down, by having that dopamine release, it makes your field of vision go from way out here wide to laser focusing on the person that's in front of you. And to create that experience over and over again by going to three different places, it heightens it. So it feels like you've had three dates in one date, therefore getting you closer to the, oh, well, maybe we should slide into bed. That's out of it, eh? Because that can speed up the process like dramatically. If you're catching up with someone new that you'd met and then yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to another date in a couple of weeks, that can be like six weeks worth of getting to know the person in one day. And the application of that to business is if you were to uh, meet somebody on site, then go somewhere off site for drinks, and then maybe go out for dinner after that, same thing again. It just forms a bond of trust, which they wouldn't have with somebody else that would be your competitor. Yeah. So for romance and for business, a very good thing to remember. 100% agree with that. Jay and Dunk, not for radio. Just something we need to address quickly that was uh, on the radio show today. <laughs> Got to talk about it. Yeah. We were chatting um, to Tony Lyle, who's a comedian here in New Zealand, and uh, he's on the TV as well, like 7.30, like the the current, the light current affairs show, but still covers off the, mm. the main news with a bit of fun mixed in as well. And he was um, 
doing a piece with the All Blacks, and it was the All Blacks time of year where some of them get roped into being the bend on undie models. Jockey. Jockey. Yeah. Get it right, Dunk. This yeah. is, this is, this is where this is why this is how he came unraveled. Was it Manu Vadova from the Warriors that was um bend on? Yeah. That wasn't that contract with like four hundred grand a year? That's what I got told. Possibly. I think this jockey contract's not a bad one either. So anyway, you have to obviously model in your undies or whatever, mm. and then someone texts in saying, and I won't say it's the All Blacks, and it could be any number of other sports teams that do undie ads, mm. uh, but said <laughs> that a lot of them, like I, most of them for those particular ads, will grab a piece of white bread and wrap it around their old fella to make it look better. I can actually extend on that fact. They have each of them have to have a piece of white bread with the crusts removed off it, so it smooths out and doesn't get a definitive line around their their phallus. Oh, so you don't want yeah, yeah nah, okay. And so basically, it wraps. So you can put a, any. I mean, try it. if you want to have your todger look decent in a pair of undies. If are they are they uh, wrapping it like it's a sausage roll, <laughs> or, or are you just putting it across the front? They're not bunning, snagging it. They're just literally <laughs> sliding it down the front like it's a. <laughs> <laughs> they have it fucking neat. <laughs> they, uh, no, they literally just chuck it down the front. And I know this to be a fact because I know a number of the lads that have done it and they're like, it's pretty weird. Like when someone said, okay, sweet. What brand of bread are they using? <laughs> I don't know, the cheapest. It's a thin, like a sandwich, then? like a sandwich piece of bread. Yeah, it's okay. not like a thick bit of bread, but it does make it look uh, plump. Well, yeah. Full. Yeah. It just kind of gives you a bit of better shape and doesn't just vacuum pack your junk. <clears throat> and that goes for when they walk as well in the um, in the fashion shows where they used to walk. Oh, they okay. Mm, yeah. And there was even uh, there was even chat of double rubber banding it too just to give it a little bit of outside. So you can rubber band it around the bell end so it would look like a decent definition if it was to grab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny, eh? If you want your D to look decent in a pair of uh, no undies, they all look t- so nervous when they get forced to walk the catwalk at New Zealand Fashion ah, Week. Well, most of them are running some Warhammer scenarios anyway. I don't think anyone's. Like, nobody puts a hand. No one goes, "Radio, I'm running a micro penis. Can you make me the the undie model for the ABs?" Oh, can't wait to show off my micro. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't heard that sentence before out loud. You beauty, yeah. Oh, it's got a yeah. beer getting brought in by Showboss Teaks. I'm going to play a piece. Um, from Joe Rogan's podcast. Thought you might enjoy this. It's a bit of a story. It's about two and a half minutes long. Thank you very much. It's great. Thank Got the hiney lights. Yeah. That's good, mate. Um, and it's about Ash Dykes, who's like an extreme athlete, and he almost died in the Gobi Desert. And I thought it was quite a good listen, and you may not have heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast, so we'll play it for you. So I almost actually lost my life in the Gobi Desert because I was trying to follow a track, um, and the track is like your lifeline. If you're not following, if you're off the track, it could be hundreds of miles. The track is where there's a water source. There's a well always alongside. But the Gobi took me five weeks to get across. So week after week, I was suffering slowly with dehydration, heat exhaustion, slipping into heat stroke, which is usually fatal. I had this big 20-litre water container. Sort of remember just rationing my last remaining dribbles of water, if you like. Um, I was hallucinating, got such to a bad state. One of the water wells was dry. I now had to push on to the next one in the hope that it had water. It was a mix of hard sand or gravel and soft sand. So now you can imagine pulling the wheels through soft sand. They would just dig in. It's like pulling a concrete block through hell. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I was just, I got really skinny. I got really weak. The weeks went by. I was disoriented. I was hallucinating. I was sort of could feel my organs drying up, if you like. It was at the point I just continued to rest under my shells. It was 40, 45 degrees Celsius. No breeze, no natural shelter. 
the only shelter I could find here was, was underneath the trailer. Oh. I remember just lying there on my back for about 45 minutes to an hour, thinking, what have I done? You know, I didn't have the evacuations the previous guy had. No helicopters going to come and rescue me, you know? The only backup that I had was my logistics manager, my fixer in the capital city. I needed to allow at least three to four days for him to get to me, and at least another day or two for him to get me out to, to safety. Or... I knew that there was a community which 100% had water. It was about three or four days trek away. And I continued and I pretty much passed the option of, of pickup at that stage. The only way to make it was pushing on those extra few days to the community. But again, four days, it was just too much for me. I was in agony, man, absolute agony. All of the thoughts, all of the feelings. Um, but that's when you know, I've, always be I've always been a big believer in breaking my goals down. I couldn't visualise the three or four days, of course, but what I could visualise is 100 metres. I could see 100 metres. So I was just, if I, can, if I can rest for five minutes, not an hour, and walk for 100 metres and then rest, because that's all I could manage before I was just in a, in a mess, hide under my trailer again for another five minutes, if I can continue to do this, maybe by breaking my goals down I, after four days of 100 metres, I can make it to the community, and I did just about. It's off the radars. My urine was almost black. You know, I was in a bad way. Your what was black? My urine. Urine. Yeah. Your urine. Yeah. Oh my God! So you probably had like severe dehydration. Yeah, right? I was in an awful. I was lucky to make it. If that community wasn't there, if it had been abandoned, if the locals weren't there, I definitely wouldn't have, wouldn't have made it. <laughs> so yeah, he's the guy. Some but he put himself in that position. Yeah. Like to a, test himself. Yeah. And so, and pass and fail. Sometimes yeah. I test myself by walking on my driveway and bare feet and know there's going to be some random stones. Mate, I will get night out, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> oh, oh, he's got this. Got he's me. got back yourself. He's got a healy owl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when Nige Beach is back, we'll get him on the podcast to talk about drowning on land. Wow. It is one of the craziest things that I've ever done. And it's that's basically the reason why you did it because I was training for the boxing fight, had no way of charging up, so I was looking at every single cheat that I could do. And Cody Taylor, who's in the All Blacks, does this in his warm ups, drowns himself on land before it because it creates like a fifty minute window where your red blood cells get squeezed out of your spleen and they carry more oxygen to your cells and carry more carbon dioxide off your cells, so your oxygen sat rates drop basically right down what you're breathing off. So the, the rationale behind it is you've got more oxygenated cells, which means that you can go longer and perform at a higher thing without lactate. Which has been proven, right? Yeah. So it literally feels like you're drowning, but not in the water. How do you do it? Is it hyperventilating or something? Well, nah, so you, basically you take a big – well, he'll explain it better to give you the, the, the actual – and I wouldn't encourage anybody to mm. do it without actually hearing the proper explanation. But what you do is – if you want to try it, <laughs> you take – Take a big breath in, big breath out, big breath in, big breath out, and then you close your nose and you close your mouth and you run. But just jog, and you probably jog maybe 20 meters, probably 20 meters, until your throat starts to contract and you literally feel like you're drowning, like you're underwater and drowning. And at that point, you let go, you take a breath in really slowly, and then you calm yourself down, take three or four really slow breaths and do it again. And you do that seven times in a row. And your bot, you lose it. You're you're like, I'm dying. Like your body literally thinks that you're underwater. That's the response it goes through. That sounds friggin' frightening. Yeah, but the what ends up happening is through that is the mammalian reflex causes your spleen to contract and squeezes out all those red blood cells out of it, which is where they sit, uh, and then that's what goes around your system. And you get a 50 minute um, pump 
where you can run for ages. You can train train harder or you can perform for longer. That's crazy. So, yeah, Cody Taylor does it to get the first half out of his, um, you know, get extra out of the first half. Jay and Dunk, not for radio. So here's this uh, Facebook message. Uh, don't read it, Jay. This is a Facebook message that got sent through to us. And it was um, Danny, I won't say his last name actually, Danny in Northampton in the UK. Good to have you listening, mate. I bloody love that you've chosen our podcast. Um, and he goes, one of my favourite request messages was from a bloke who said, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but you better <laughs> leave my mum alone. Instantly <laughs> 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 you go, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> I was just going to leave it, but I had a little stalk and had no idea who he was or who his mum was, and I was bored at work, so I answered, yeah, no problem, as I've no idea who she is. It shouldn't take much effort. This response obviously angered my new friend, and I got the reply, listen here, you fuck. (laughs) You know what you did? My mum has been crying nonstop because of you. I was about to give him the full guns, but his mum was upset, uh, upset, so I said, look, mate, after looking at your profile, you're in Burnley, I'm in Northampton, and my only visit to Burnley was about 20 years ago where I had a very disappointing meat and potato pie. <laughs> this made him very angry. Fuck off. My <laughs> mum makes meat and potato pies. <laughs> <laughs> It was getting weirder by the moment. I thought he's clearly not going to give up. So I agreed to never see her again, or in this case, for the first time, as it really took no effort on my part. And then he pipes in with, and she wants the 20 quid you promised her for shaving her, you know what? (laughs) It was at this point I became interested again. (laughs) So I was keen on the backstory. And I'm back. And would have been happy to pay 20 quid for the full story. I uh, then pointed out he'd piqued my interest and I really wanted more details uh, on his mum. And what's the price of standard fee or was there any wriggle room? <laughs> I also pointed out the irony in that before he messaged, I had no interest in his mum and now I wanted the full details of this meat and potato <laughs> pie making shave fanny goddess. <laughs> <laughs> this did not make my new friend happy and he, inf- he informed me that he was calling the police I offered a further 20 pounds for a copy of the transcript of the police report <laughs> this really poured petrol on the what was an already upsetting series of events for this man and he ranted that I'd got 20 quid for shaving his mum's you know what and I was like wait your mum paid me for shaving her <laughs> Is this a re- refund request or a general customer service complaint? Because my work is second to none, mate. I'm an artist. And then he posted the immortal word on my Facebook messenger, cunt, and then blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Still, he'll never get to the bottom of that. Well, yeah. there's some gnarly shit, shit going on there. Just completely misdirected. But yeah. Yeah. So someone's clearly throwing him under the bus. Yep, I'm Duncan Hyde. So funny, so funny. Hey, uh, look, it's late Friday night here. We've already been banging on for half an hour or whatever, so we're going to sign off with the song. This one was sent through to me. First time we've signed off some country um, music. I reckon you're going to absolutely froth this, Jay. Have we got this? Muscadine Bloodline, I think his name is. Girl, I hope your daddy doesn't own a gun. If he does, then I'm done from the things that you're doing to me. On the coop and you rule the rules with a shake till you sugar they don't serve a dairy queen. You wrote the book and you said 
Bloody good week. Yeah, mate, it's been an epic week. I, uh, I'm i becoming more and more fond of country music, and I think it's seen and setting as well with everything for me. Like, I would love to be in, like, Wyoming or somewhere like that, sitting in a bar, having some shitty American beer, and listening to that music played live. Yeah, man, I'd like to sit there and listen to um, somebody's life problems. <laughs> He did, wait, what? He did what to you? And then who? What one was this one again? <laughs> Just like trying to follow the story of some interesting human that's had a colourful life. I'm all yeah. about it. Yeah, I think Yellowstone's really ruined a lot of New Zealanders. They reckon the, the uptick, the spike in people that were keen to learn how to be what, the effectively ranchers in New Zealand after watching Yellowstone just through the roof. Everyone's like, I want to learn how to ride a horse. I want to learn how to ride a horse and then rope some cattle. I want to join them. And then they turn up and it's like, yeah, mate, get on the bloody side by side and bloody, yeah, get your dog out there and bloody. And they're like, this isn't Yellowstone. Yeah, it's not quite Yellowstone. No, it ain't. Have yourself a cracking weekend. Whatever you're up to, uh, thank you for letting us be a part of your day, just even if it was for 30 minutes or so. We appreciate you for choosing us. Do us a favour, share an episode with a mate. It's probably the best way to get this thing out there. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with another Not For Radio.